What's going on, everybody? Man, it's your man, Dez Arnaz. What we talking about podcast. Um, we're here with what we call the check-in, um, where we uh, sit down and have intimate conversations with different people from different walks of life. Um, this particular check-in is something um, personal to me, something that I wanted to do. Um, and I, I feel like uh, this will be a change of pace for a lot of our uh, listeners that, that listen to us weekly. But... I think uh, you guys will truly enjoy this, man. So, um, without further ado, um, it's your man, Daz Arnaz, and I'm going to let my guest introduce himself. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is um, Pastor Julius with, with I Am Church, and um, I'm really, man, just excited to be here. So, uh, Pastor Jules, um, he is, he's my pastor, you know, even though I be ducking and dodging him sometimes, and we're going to get into that, you know, we're going we're gonna, to explain uh why i tend to do that but um pastor julius from my own church um a personal friend of mine a real dope individual and um you know we just wanted to you know share some share some uh intimate conversations that me and you've had over the years and and i think it's a time that you know the world kind of hears you know how we feel about certain things and absolutely and um some things that we want to try to like introduce and, and, and kind of uh I don't want to use it because it's real cliche, but I guess change the culture, right? For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, Pastor Jules, um, let's let's talk. Let's start off on your humble beginnings, man. So, so uh, you know, kind of give your testimony, Jules. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got a few hours. <laughs> hey, man. They got to hear it, man. They got to hear it. So, so man, um, you know, I, I uh, man, grew up. My parents were married initially, um, and they, they ended up getting a divorce when I was about five, and um, well, when I was about six years old. And, uh, and my father, um, you know, he was, you know, in between jobs and just really trying to make ends meet. And, you know, he wasn't, you know, being the best husband, you know, out there by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I believe he was trying. And, and then he went out to California. We had some, some family in California and uh, he went out there to try to get a job. He got a job working for the University of California at Berkeley. So he came home with what he thought was some exciting news for the fam. And uh, and then when he got there, it was a Dear John letter in an empty house that mm -hmm. him and my mother had purchased together. And um, and so my mom had had, had enough, man. And uh, and so then I went on this journey where I was living with my mother. And, you know, you know, just my mother's side of the family and my dad's side of the family was almost like two extremes. You know, my mother's side of the family, I saw um, alcohol, I saw drugs, I saw selling drugs, I saw criminal activity and things of that nature. Um, on my father's side of the family, I saw church, I saw pastors, I saw preachers, I saw evangelists, missionaries, you know, the whole thing. And so um, my father ended up moving to Columbus and I lived with my mother for a couple of few years there. And um, man, I started getting molested by my older cousin when I was about six years old. And, um, and we're talking about full-blown molestation too here, not just like a, you know, a touch here or there. You know what I mean? We're talking about full-blown molestation. And, um, you know, and, and, and I was just, just wilding, man, young, young, young boy and um, was hanging with my older cousins, you know, out till one, two in the morning. I'm seven, eight years old on the other side of town. And, 
And my dad said he was living in Columbus and he got a call from one of his friends one day. Um, and I was about eight. And he said, hey, man, uh, I just want to tell you, man. He said, I seen Julius all the way on the other side of town at 1230 at night on his bike. And so my dad said when he heard that, he knew that he had to come get me and he had to raise me. Um, so um, he came and got me when I was nine and he moved me to Columbus with him. And I went to um, East Columbus Elementary School, Kenwood, French Immersion, Franklin Middle School, um, and then ended up moving back to, to Canton. But during this time frame, I got introduced really to, you know, to church and to God. Um, but, you know, I was still going back and forth to Canton and still getting molested, you know, still involved in sexual activity and stuff with my older cousin and stuff during this whole time frame. And um, so, man, I was I was seeing two two different things, and um, so we ended up moving back to to Canton when I was about thirteen or fourteen, and um, and man, I played sports, excelled, you know, on the football field, on the baseball field, and uh, excelled in the classroom. Got a scholarship to Akron U, full ride football scholarship to Akron U. Played football there. Um, got involved in the drug trade and uh, lost my scholarship to the summer going into my senior year um, of football and and went to prison, did a year, um, got out and went back and got my degree but was still involved in selling selling weed and drugs and stuff and, and um, started a business, always had an entrepreneurial spirit, man, just always, and uh, but ended up getting caught again, going to the penitentiary again um, and this time I did another year. And the only reason I did a year is because I was eligible for an early release program. Um, and then got out, still didn't stop, got caught again. <laughs> Went to the penitentiary this last time, man. I did four years. And uh, it was upon this, this time that, man, I, I really developed a relationship with the Lord for myself. I was in a holding cell really not knowing how much time I was going to get. And uh, it was this little dude in there, man. He was on trial for murder, uh, a little Caucasian cat. And he had uh, went to rob somebody. And, you know, the person didn't want him to rob him. Good girl gone bad. And so he ended up shooting and killing the guy. And uh, he's telling me about his whole story. He's on trial for murder. And he's like, man, look, but enough about me. He's like, what you know about Jesus? It's an 18-year-old boy. I'm a 29, 30-year-old man at the time. Mm. As soon as he mentioned the word Jesus, bro, like tears just start streaming down my face because like I knew better, you know, and I and I and I had had an encounter, you know, with Christ before. Um was just in my in my terminology of just being ridiculous. And uh so I gave my life to the Lord, man, in that hole and cell and uh and ended up going and doing my time at Marion Correctional Institution. Best thing ever happened to me, bro. Um, end up really developing a close and personal relationship with the Lord outside of the confines of religion. And, you know, we'll talk about all that later, but outside of the confines of religion. And it was just an opportunity for me to develop a relationship with God. And, uh, man, it was amazing. And, man, developed some close um, relationships. Some people mentored me in the gospel in prison. And uh, I got out in 2010. And I ended up reconnecting with some people that I played football with in college. Uh, Pastor Mike Young at City of Grace and, um, you know, Rick Jones. Those are all my partners, man. We played football together. 
We was in the trenches together. I ended up reconnecting with them just, you know, on a humble, just seeing them, you know, crossing the street, whatever, and end up serving seven years uh, there um, in multiple roles, multiple capacities from preaching and teaching, outreach, evangelism, just all types of stuff related to church. Met my wife there. Um, we end up getting married, having two beautiful sons. Shout out to my, my cast, King and Zion. Um, but I had a previous um, relationship where I had a daughter, so I got a daughter named Juliana. She's, she'll be 13 in August. And, uh, man, really, the Lord just start blessing me, man. Like, I, I can't even really take no type of credit for, for it, but it was in prison where I felt like the Lord was telling me to plant a church. But when I was in there, I felt like it was an oxymoron, though, for real, because I'm thinking in my mind, like, like who really going to want to listen to what I got to say? I'm in prison, Right. I'm looking at this thing from a religious perspective, even though like I'm getting a relationship developed with the Lord outside of religious confines. And um, but I kept those words in my back pocket, told my pastor and them when I got out that I felt like the Lord had called me to that. But I just wasn't sure what it was going to look like, when it was going to take place or anything like that. So seven years went by, almost seven and a half years. And I felt that call even more, had discussions with my wife and told her that I felt like man, I was supposed to to plant a church. All the while, man, I'm doing my entrepreneur thing, started a commercial cleaning business. Shameless plug, we'll be done multi-services. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. We do that over here. Yeah, and ahead. so, man, started it, and the Lord, I started that in 2014, and the Lord just really put his hand on it and just blessed it. It just, like, took off out of nowhere. I have no idea what I was doing. I never had aspirations on doing a commercial cleaning business or nothing, but I was always entrepreneurial-minded. And so he put his hand on that thing, man, and he blessed it like crazy financially and stuff. And, um, and so I kept feeling this call to start this church and uh, wake my wife up in the middle of the night, like trying to figure out names and just praying and asking God, like, what he wanted to do with me and what was this going to look like, bro? I didn't know what it was going to look like, you know, um, but I'm a creator, though. I get off on starting something that's nothing and it becoming something. When I got out of the penitentiary in 2010, I lived at the Y, fam, you know, for six months. I ain't have no car, no house, nothing. Walk in, trying to find a job. And it's in those spaces where I believe God has blessed me to thrive in because he gave me this vision, you know what I mean, of what things can be. I've always been driven by what things can be. And um, so we started this business. I start trying to find out how to start this church. And, um, man, really just stepped out on faith, had a conversation with my pastor and, you know, kind of released to him what I wanted to do. And he always knew the whole time, you know, that the Lord had called me to that because we had multiple conversations about it. And I just wanted to make sure that I left the right way. You know, black church, man, get crazy, bro. Um, people want to leave and start a church. It'd be all this mayhem. Everybody think it's got to be some sort of beef or somebody was mad or somebody was upset or whatever the case may be. But that wasn't the case there, though. You know, that's my friend. And, uh, and he knew the whole time that, that the Lord had called me to do that. I just wanted to make sure that it was right. And we wanted to model it the right way for the city. So we put together a sending service to let people see exactly how it's supposed to be done. You know, I presented him with gifts, showing appreciation. You know what I mean? He laid his hands on me. And I felt like it was important because people don't really see it done that way. They see it done the wrong way. And uh, man, so we did it and we formulated a launch team. 
We did a launch team for a year before we even planted the church. Just really just sharing our vision and our heart um, just for the city and for people in general. And we developed a launch team and uh, it was probably about 35, 40 people. And we launched last September, man, September the 9th. And um, the Lord just been blessing crazy, bro. Like ever since we launched, it's just really like been a blur for real. And, uh, and I really can't put my hand on how and why God is blessing it. Bro, I'm just trying to be a good steward over what it is that he gave us and, um, and trying to be faithful over the few things. Um, and so, man, right now we're at the YMCA. We turn their gym into a sanctuary every Sunday. Um, it don't even look like a, a gym for real, you know? And um, it's the Eldon LC War YMCA, 130 Woodland Avenue. And it's dope, man. God is doing something fresh. He's doing something new, bro, in the city. And, uh, man, I'm excited, man, to be here with you, fam. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so um, I do want to kind of, like, rewind back, you know, some of the some of the things that you, you know, was sharing uh, during your testimony. So um, I guess during your during your journey, right, like you're, you're having success um, in, you know, and being an athlete, but – while you're having that success, what was like, what was the like the initial thing to make you be like you want to go into the streets? Was it just like bad, you know, influence around you, or it was just the entre- entrepreneurial spirit in you? Was just like, man, I got to get this. Like, like what, what 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 drove you? Man, I think it was a combination of all of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it was, you know, being around it as a child growing mm-hmm. up, and really growing an affinity for the lifestyle that I was seeing. Right. Mm. But I lived with my dad and my dad was more of a disciplinarian. He wasn't on it, bro. He like, mm. look, I ain't on none of that that's going on over your mom and them crib. Like, I ain't on none of that. But for real, for real, in my mind, like I grew an affinity for it. Um, I think you couple that, bro, with the fact that I was molested. There was an innocence that was snatched away from me, you know, as a child. And so I feel like there was this yearn for um, for validation and stuff that was taken away from me. So I feel like you couple couple those two. Um, and I think you got a recipe to, you know, to kind of like start veering left. And um, so I feel like those two things, man, kind of like, you know, played a part in it, you know, in, in, in what I was doing. And, and then, you know, like, bro, like, let's just keep it all real. Like, Jay-Z wasn't helping. <laughs> you feel me? You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't helping, man. Reasonable doubt dropped. That wasn't helping the situation. Yeah. You feel me? I'm hearing I'm hearing it. I'm internalizing the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm envisioning myself doing the things that he talking about. You feel me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't feel like that helped the situation okay. at all. You know what I mean? So after, so after you got caught, the first two times, did you feel like since since the since the stints wasn't that long, you felt like, okay, the first time you probably felt like, ah, oh, that was luck. The second time it was just like, ah, but I'm a, was like every time you got caught, was it always like a, I'm gonna move smarter next time, and that's what kept you moving, or, bro, I think it was it was that you know, man, because mm-hmm. when you go to the joint, bro, you you pick up you pick up pointers. You know what I mean? It's criminal university, fam. Right. You you find people that's doing it colder than you <laughs> yeah. was. And they bringing you stuff like, you know, I was doing it like this. You're like, what, for real? And then you start, you know, trying to figure out stuff that you can put into your repertoire to be more successful as a criminal, as crazy as that sound. And uh, and so I feel like, you know, the first couple of times was was really just like, 
you know, was fun time. I was young, you know, I was meeting other cats that was doing, you know, stuff in other cities. And, you know, we was networking and we was, you know, had, you know, pipe dreams of how we was going to get out and get it together, you know, when we got out. And some of those things became reality. I got introduced to some new ways of doing things and stuff. And at the end of the day, man, just trying to get the bag, you know, like at the end of the day, like I was trying to get the bag, fam. <laughs> like I'm trying to eat, you know, and uh, and then so, you know, and then, you know, I'm going to blame somebody else. Rick Ross tore me out the frame. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? So from so from Jay Z man to to Rick Ross, he said he had half a hundred grand in some rubber bands. Like bro, I'm like a half a hundred grand in some rubber bands. I thought about that. I was like, that gotta be me. I gotta do that. <laughs> and so there it is. Mm -hmm. I found myself again, literally envisioning what I heard. Yeah. And uh, and so man, I you know. The rest is history. It's, and another thing that was interesting to me that you said, uh, Pastor Jules, is that um, going to prison the third time was the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, bro. Now, normally, you know, you, you know, you, you, you know, we we see it now more than ever with uh, with technology and just having more access with techno um, to to um, different things that's going on in the world. How like prison is not really set up for you to succeed. So for you to say that. Going to prison the third time was the best thing that ever happened to you. Um, that was that was interesting to me. So like, with you said it yourself, there's all these negative influences that's going on there, right? And mm -hmm. it's not really set up for you to win when you go to prison, right? There's not really a lot of like, um, I mean, you know, some jails they have programs and stuff to try to help you, you know, transition, mm -hmm. but it's not really set up for you to win. True. So how with all that negative stuff going on, how was you able to like find the positive in, in that? Bro, I feel like even though I was in prison during that time frame, I believe God put me in a place where the devil couldn't find me. Mm. And uh, and so it was in that in that in that moment during that time frame where it was almost like I was in um, a cocoon, if you will, like with so much stuff going on around me and I was seeing this stuff. But, bro, I was so locked in on my relationship with the Lord because it was real genuine. You know, like a lot of times cats go to the joint man and 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 religion or a relationship or church is just something they do to pass the time. I've seen it time and time again. Cat come in there. He pick up his Bible for six months. Soon as they say bunk your junk, it's time to leave. He tosses his Bible on the rack, man, and going about his merry way. But my relationship, man, that I developed with the Lord was genuine. It was something it was something more than what I had been seeing. And so I feel like the reason why it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was an opportunity for God to get my attention and really show me who I was and who I was supposed to be and who he created me to be. And it's crazy that he showed me who he created me to be in those types of environments. But it was during that time where, like, he really showed me who I was. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was there that I realized who I was and what my purpose was. So um, while you were in prison, did you have did you have like an accountability partner to like really help you like go forward with your spiritual journey, or or was it just something that you just naturally was just like, yo, I'm gonna go ahead and do this. Like I don't really need no help. Bro, it was a man, and he's still in prison now. His name was Carl Chapman. I never met an individual that knew the Bible and knew God like Carl Chapman, bro. 
Like this man was unbelievable. He spoke to me like a father. He mentored me, man, like a professor. And, and he nurtured me, bro, just like on some other stuff when it came to my walk with the Lord. And so, you know, one of the things that he did for me, though, I feel like was the best thing is, man, I, I knew that I had made a commitment to walk with the Lord. And uh, I didn't really know what it was going to look like, fam. I grew up in a religious, in a religious environment with my father, right? And so I knew, I knew religion. I didn't know relationship. And so I didn't really know what it looked like, but I knew the Lord had got a hold of me. And so I went to him, man. I had my Bible in my hand. And uh, he asked me, he's like, so you want to walk with the Lord? I was like, yeah. He said, you serious? I said, yeah. He said, well, put your Bible down then. And I'm like, put my Bible down? Like, that's what it's all about, right? And he was like, nice. No. Because what happens is, he says, so many people um, come to church and they're learning all of these other things as far as about all of these different characters in scripture and they don't even know who they are. They're learning about the divinity of Christ. They're learning about what Paul did and what Paul said and all of this stuff. And they don't even know who they are. And so he's like, so put your Bible down and we're going to deal with you. And he took me on a journey, man, all the way back. Here it is. I was a 30-year-old man. Never had told anybody that I went through and endured molestation from the time I was six all the way up until I was 14. And so he took me all the way back to my childhood, man, and really started unlocking some things. I started sharing this stuff with him. And I was crying like a baby, bro. Like, I didn't realize how much of an effect those things had on me. And so I got an opportunity to really learn who I was from a real genuine, like, you know, authentic space and not who I was trying to be. And, bro, I feel like that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So, man, shout out to Carl Chapman. He the illest. Man, that's what's up, man. Now, me and you had a personal conversation um, a couple weeks ago at your house. And something that was interesting to me was um, you told me while you were incarcerated, you know, um, some of the best relationships that you had wasn't with other um, Christian-minded people. You True. actually had um, some of your best relationships with what was with um, the Muslim brothers. True. Um, can you, like, elaborate more on that and, and, and how that relationship came about? Bro, because I feel like what we had in common um, was, was, deeper than, was deeper than religion. And, and I feel like that's where um, one of the areas where I think religion misses, misses the boat at because we had something that was deeper than that, man. Um, we're, we're men, first off, mm -hmm. right? We're men, bro. And, um, and so, like, we realized that what we had in common was way greater than, than whether it was, it was Islam or whether it was Christianity, right? And so, man, like, I could look at him in the eyes and I knew that he had my best interest at heart. Bro, it's, it's some Christians right now that I look into and look at them in their eyes and I can tell that they don't have my best interest at heart. Mm. Um, the windows to the soul, bro, is the eyes. They never lying. And so, you know, it was just that, that connection that he and I had amongst other people as well. Bro, like they would give me the shirt off of their back. They would do anything for me. They wouldn't let anything happen to me. And, and I felt the same way about them. I respected their belief. They respected my belief, you know? 
and we will have conversations about it from time to time out of love, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, what we realized is, is, man, we was all searching and seeking for the truth. Truth be told, when this thing is all over, we'll find out who had the truth and who didn't. Mm. Right now, we just trying to figure it out. We're doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to put that aside and bond and build as as brothers and, and kind of like leave that alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So... Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing Pastor Jules about what about three years now? Yeah, it's been a minute. That's crazy how fast time to went. And um, you know, when <clears throat> excuse me, when when me and Pastor Jules met, um his wife, um, we're actually from the same neighborhood. So, um and, and his wife gets his hair done uh, gets her hair done by um my fiance, mm-hmm. uh Wink of Veli. <laughs> and um uh, so when she found out that Wink was dating me. Um, you know, we haven't seen each other for a long time, so we reconnected. And she was like, you know, I really want Dez to meet my husband. And, you know, um, and so when Wink first told me, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, um, Shanti want to see you. And she want to introduce you to her husband. And, you know, you know, her husband, you know, he, he's, you know, really into church and stuff like that. So my first initial thought was like, <laughs> oh, man, like, he don't want to meet me. <laughs> he don't want to meet me. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, because um, I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, you know, you know how it can come off sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, when you meet, you know, someone that's, you know, they, they're heavy in the church and heavy into, you know, uh, you know, their spirituality. Um, mm-hmm. They can kind of, um, you know, they can kind of be judgy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And kind of look at you like, man, you know, like. You need to get you need you need to get right stuff like that right for sure so but like when I you know when I when I met you Pastor Jules like you know that was never the vibe you know what I mean and 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 the crazy thing is like what you're able to do is like you're able to connect with people um, even on a spiritual level but not try to like force it out of people right mm-hmm. like like me and you connected on a personal level and even during our times of like us getting to know each other like you never really tried to preach to me mm-hmm. but you always find a way to like bring the word back mm-hmm. without it even like you don't even pick up on it like I wouldn't even pick up on it until I left like Damn, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we was, you know what I'm saying? Like, Pastor Jules is kind of preaching to me today. You know what I'm saying? But it, but it's just like, it'd be so smooth. And you're, you, um, another thing that I always, um, tell you that you're really good at like relating like the Bible to present day, right? Yeah. So, like, I can tell you about something that's going on and things that's bothering me. And then you'd be like, you know what? You know, that remind me of, you know, you'll break down a story in the Bible, but be able to like make it, make it make sense to me, you know, yeah. because, you know, me personally, um, you know, I went to church when I was younger with my, with my mom, but, um, it wasn't like, it wasn't nothing that was forced on us. Well, it was like forced on us when we was younger. And then as we got older, it was kind of like my mom kind of fell back on it and then we never really picked it back up. And then throughout my, you know, throughout my time in life, like I would try to get into it. But like when I would go to churches and stuff, like, you know, these pastors would be preaching and they just like reading the stuff out the Bible and like none of it's making sense to me. None of it's connecting. So I'll just be lost in there like, yeah. yo, I don't know what he's talking about right now. Like none of this is connecting. And so I would never really have an interest on going back. Yeah. And um, and then, like I said, you know, fast forward, you know, when, when me and you met and, you know, we would have our talks, but you never you never pushed church on me. Yeah. You know, we would just have our talks. And um, it's crazy because like, you kind of like picked up something on me, like you, you like you kind of seen like this this energy in me and this and this and this glow or whatever, right? And so you were kind of like, 
you know, you would kind of, uh, you know, you would, you know, you would say stuff to me, and like, and like, you would really like always, you know, preach like how much my influence, like, like how influential I was, right? Yeah. And you'd be like, man, like, Des, man, it's crazy, man. Like, I'd be watching you, and like, I'm telling you, man, like, like your purpose is bigger. You know what I mean? And that's like one of my biggest struggles. Like, I never, you know, the, the entertainment stuff and all that stuff is cool, but. I know this. I know this isn't the glass ceiling for me, right? For sure. And so, like, I battle these internal conflicts because it's just like, as I've been growing, like, I've been kind of wanting to like flip the switch. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, so I've been kind of slowly like removing myself from certain spaces and doing certain things. And and you know, people be like, "Oh man, Des, you watch this, that, and the third. And that's not really the case. But it's just, I know like. I know that God didn't put me here just to like entertain and make people laugh, right? Yeah. But then I battle this internal conflict because it's just like, yo, like I don't want to seem like fake or you know, especially now, like a lot of people are kind of using like being like a motivational speaker or being positive as a way to like cash in on the check. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. So I don't. So I didn't want it to look like like oh, Dad's trying to rebrand himself into being like this positive role model and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And you know, like I, you know, the conversation I had with you was, um, you know, we live in like this cancel culture, right? So it's like when you're trying to do something positive, like people gonna try to go back in your past, be like, oh man, he did this or he said that, or, you know, as if people can't evolve, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so. Um, as you was getting, you know, as you were getting closer to, you know, um, getting ready to start I Am Church, you know, and, you know, you, you know, you was really trying to like, you know, bring me along and, and, and but it, you, it was never forceful, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But I don't know, like, I would just get nervous, For you know sure. what I mean? And so like every time, like, you know, we'll be, you know, we'll be doing our thing and we'll be making progress and, you know, we'll, you know, I'll be bouncing ideas off to you. Then I'll just like, I'll just disappear because it's just like, man, it's kind of like, it's kind of scary for me. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, you know, I'm, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to flip that switch. And when I say flip that switch, it's like I'm not trying to like become a pastor or like now I'm about to become this super religious dude or anything like that. But yeah, I do know that there are bigger and better things for me, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like I'll be like, I just be scared to make that leap because it's just like, man, what if you know, what's going to happen if I yeah. make this leap? Am I am, am I going to lose everybody? You know, yeah. are, are people still going to mess with me the way they mess with me? Yeah. And um, so, just, you know, so just battling those internal conflicts, man. You know, like, uh, you know, like Rick Ross say, man, you know, Lord, no, I want to live right. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, no, what that club live like. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's just like, so I, I battle sure. that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just like, yo, like, you know, I want to, you know what I'm saying? You know, I want to. Yeah, walk in the image of Christ. Yeah. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Not, you know what I mean? It's, it's just it's just tough, man. You know. So yeah. um um with all that being said, Pastor Jules, man, like what is it? What is it that you cause I cause it's crazy, man, because as much as I try to run away from you, bro, you never you never gave up on me, man. Man. And, and it's something that I, you know, I truly love about you is like, man, you you always be there, man. It's just, it's crazy. It's like it's like you just be knowing like when I need what I need to hear from you or when I need to connect with you, and you just always on time with the call, man. So, yeah. like, what is it that you just, like, seeing me that you, like, yo, Dez, like, the people got to see this, you know, the people got to feel this? Man, I, I, I feel like, bro, um, you know, you, you, you run across a whole bunch of people um, from all different walks of life, man, and, and it's just certain people that it's almost like, and I, I know we say it a lot, it's almost like the it factor, you know, like, and sometimes it's hard to really put your finger on it, on what it is, 
but I, I think, man, with you, I, I feel like I feel like your ability to connect um, with people um, from all walks of life and your ability, man, to say what people be thinking, I feel like, man, is a is a gift that God gave you. And when you run across people who have the ability to say what people are thinking, that person becomes a voice. And if you look at like, you know, the people who sing and the people who rap, they have the ability to say what people are thinking and they become the voice for those people. And I feel like, man, like you have that ability to say what people are thinking, which means that you have a voice, right, for this mm -hmm. generation. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and I feel like, you know, with the things that God is doing in your life, and I'm never one to really like push church or God on anybody, but I know that it's an organic thing that God is doing in your life. And so in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, Des clearly has an ability to say what people are thinking and connect with people. And the Lord is clearly doing a work in Des's life. Like it's, it's, it's evident, mm -hmm. right? Hashtag kingdom living. Yeah, right, right. You feel and, me? And that's why, you know, <laughs> Pastor Jules is the reason why I'll be preaching that to y'all. Kingdom living. <laughs> and so and so I it's clear that those two things are are there. And man, this is a scripture, bro, that I always love. And I think, man, I just want to challenge anybody who've ever read that scripture to really like read that thing different. It says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, that he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I think over the years, people have looked at it the wrong way because they're looking at it like they're coming with the desire and God is going to make their desire become reality. But if you look at the scripture, it says real clear, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, which means he's going to be the one divvying out the desire. And I really feel like that's what's happening really in your life. Like, He's giving you that that desire. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Most people come and they got a desire. I wanna I wanna be successful. Mm -hmm. I wanna be a you know successful entrepreneur. I wanna be a serial entrepreneur. I wanna you know I they I wanna mm -hmm. I wanna I wanna and then they use that scripture saying the Bible said that if I delight myself in the Lord, He'll give me <laughs> desires in my heart. Right. But really, He's saying no. If you delight yourself in Me, I will give you your desire. Yeah. So a lot of the times that desire be different than what you thought it was because mm -hmm. he the one who gave it to you. Yeah. And so like, bro, I feel like that's what I see like happening mm -hmm. with you, fam. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you have aspirations and mm -hmm. some stuff, but then it's like the Lord is literally giving you a desire. Yeah. And that's why we're here right yeah. now. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, you know, um, you know, thank you know, you know, conversations that I've shared with you um over the years, man, and, and um one of the biggest things that, you know, I think the I think it would like kind of like, you know, trip out the listeners is like, like, you know, I would say like the last two, three years, man, like I said, like is when I, I've been battling it the most. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, not, you know, I've, you know, hosting parties and doing all that stuff is cool. I, I had I, I had I've had a good time with it. Um, I still, you know, I don't, I don't mind it from 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 time to time, but it's not really like my passion no yeah. more. Right. Yeah. And um but, you know, throughout the years, it was just like there was a lot of things that kind of like happened to me personally. Right. And, and it kind of like turned me into a person that I wasn't naturally with, with being, mm. you know, so like 
everybody knows, like, for years, man, I, I've, you know, and, and I still, it's just natural in me, man. Like, a lot of people, like, a lot of my friends and stuff, they shun me about it. Like, why, why do you do this? Like, why do you always want to help people and stuff like that? But it's just, it's just, I can't help it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't, when I, when I, like, try to reach out to help people, like, I don't do it on, like, a malicious intent or an intent to be like, all right, I'm going to do this because it's going to help me come up, right? It's just yeah. really, like, if I, if, if I can help connect the dots somewhere and, it potentially becomes something greater, like great. You know what I mean? And if I'm able to benefit off of it, whether it's, you know, with a with a you know, a friendship or financial, whatever the case may be, it's cool. But I truly don't do it with malicious intent. Yeah. But over the years, what I started getting frustrated with, it was like, yo, I'm helping everybody else, right? But ain't nobody doing nothing for me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or like how how can it's like it's crazy like you know you know Wink would tell me like there's like it's so crazy like you got all the great advice in the world for everybody else mm. but you don't have it for your own self she like you can sit down to a ter- person and break them down from A to Z and and help build them up to get the confidence to go do something but when it comes with yourself like you can't do it with yourself mm. you know what I mean and so like in, in the last two three year span man like a lot of stuff was just like not going right in my life, right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, I got on at the radio station. The stuff at the radio station didn't really go as planned. You know, I had, you know, uh, me and my best friend fell out. One of my one of my closest friends, we fell out. We didn't talk for two years. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing serious, right? It wasn't no money situation. It wasn't no, we ain't fight. We wasn't falling over, over no girls. Like, it was nothing like that. It was just like, it was simply like an ego thing. And we didn't talk for two mm-hmm. years. You know, and then it was just a lot of other moving pieces that, I, you know what I mean, I don't really want to put out there right now. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But, it, but and so it was just like, and so I started becoming like this, like, low-key, this evil person inside, right? Mm. So, like, man, I started, like, literally, Pastor Joe, I literally start taking down a list. And anybody that did me wrong, I put them on this list. Mm. And now, it wasn't to do anything like, like, I wasn't trying to hurt nobody, right? But I'm like, all right, you play me. You know what I mean? Like, the instance you played me, all right, you're going on the list. And I'm going to make sure that when the tables turn, I'll put it up in your face. You mm. know what I mean? And then it was just like the list was just growing. The list was just growing. And I just started becoming like this low-key, this monster inside. You know wow. what I mean? And like, you know, so things was happening. And so things was kind of happening for the good, but I didn't really like the person I was becoming. You know what I'm saying? I started yeah. becoming like... I was starting to become, like, more antisocial. I wasn't being as social as I used to be. Really, like, cut off a lot of people, kind of, like, turned into this, like, if you ain't a part of, like, my immediate circle, I don't really want to talk with you. I don't want to deal with you. Like, just really becoming this dude I didn't want to become. You know what I mean? And it wasn't... um, it was doing more harm than good mm. because, like, I, I got all this anger and, and hostility and built up frustration inside, and <clears throat> I didn't, I wasn't talking to nobody. I wasn't, you know, rele- you know, releasing that energy in a positive mind, you know, positive mm-hmm. state of mind. And then um, I remember, I forget what it was, man. I, I did, you know, um, one day I actually met up with you, and you know, I came to Bible study, came to see you, and um, you know, we. Um, Wink was talking about, you know, I think I had did a festival or something, and you and you seen how I had like thousands just going crazy, and then you was like, you know, that's cool, but you know, the Lord got something greater for you, you know what I mean? And you just start breaking all this stuff down, and I was kind of like, damn man, Pastor Jules kind of stole my moment, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? But I know it wasn't intentional, you know what I'm saying? It was just, you know, you, you, like I said, you see something greater. Than, than I see, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like I said, that's been one of my biggest frustrations is that, 
like, I can't, for some reason, I feel like I can't unlock the code. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just like, yo, I can, I can help build all these other people up, but I can't help build myself up. Like, I can, I can do all this stuff, and even, even when I get some type of like gratification, I'm never really fulfilled. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I started really becoming like frustrated with myself because it's just like, yo, like, what am I really doing? Like, what is my purpose? Like, like I, I know, I know, I'm called to do something greater than just entertain and make people laugh and have a good time like i know it's something greater but i don't know how to unlock the code man yeah. you know what i mean and, and and so um but having those conversations with you and like when i stopped when i started running away from you because i'm just like yo man like pastor jules man this is crazy he, he's saying too much good stuff to me right now it's like i don't know how he know all this stuff and i would just like run because i'm like man i ain't really ready to like take that leap because it's just like you be like pretty much calling on me like, bro, Dez, you are the one. Like, you are the one to lead. But it's just like I'll be scared to lead because I'm like, what if I fail? You know what yeah. I mean? What if I what if I'm not really the leader that people see in me? You know, you, you, you see what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. So um, you know, I say all that to say, Pastor Jules, man, like dealing dealing with those internal struggles, like, how was how was one to continue on? You know, you, you feel what I'm saying? Like, like what is a person to do when you're dealing with all these eternal struggles and you you have all these, you know, God-given abilities, but you don't really know how to, like, utilize them and, and really construct them in a, in a, in a um, I don't want to say not a positive way, because I feel like, you know, for the most part, it's pretty positive, but yeah. I know it's something greater for me, but I just don't know how to untap it. Man, you know what I think, honestly? I think um, religion and church has made that struggle way harder than it's supposed to be in a lot of people. Because because religion and church has um, developed a mindset that has has people to have certain expectations um, from people based upon a religious mindset and a church mindset. It's funny that you asked it. I was just talking to my wife about this, and I was telling her, I said, you know, I said uh, I really almost feel hypocritical for real because I was raised in a religious background, in a religious environment, Church of God in Christ, man, hand clapping, foot stomping, Church of God in Christ. And, uh, and they had a certain mindset, not, not to knock it. I love my roots, don't get me wrong. Um, but the mindset was that things had to be done a certain way. And if you didn't do it that way, then you were somehow like out of bounds and out of pocket. And I was talking to my wife the other day and I was like, you know, I said, um, I want to I want to figure out um, different ways that people can be committed to church in 2019, because the way I grew up, it was like if you ain't coming to church, you ain't committed. That was the mindset. If you're not here, you're not committed. And what I'm realizing now in 2019 that things have changed. Right. Jesus is still Lord. Right. We're not watering down the message. But what I've realized is, is that there are so many different ways that people can be committed to pushing this gospel, especially when you look at all of the different mediums from which it can get out. You consider, you know, um, the web, you consider social media, you consider all of these ways, you consider now we're in an influencer generation, right? And I feel like, man, there are so many ways that people can be committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if we have a religious mindset, then we'll miss it. And so if you're looking at it from a religious standpoint, and I'm going to tell you, even most people still think church is still operating the way it used to operate 20 years ago. 
And so and so I hear people saying stuff that really church has gotten away from 15 years ago. But because they were so turned off 20 years ago, they haven't even really associated themselves with church. And they still think church is still operating the way it was 20 years ago. But things have changed. And so I feel like, man, like with the abilities that God has, has given you, I feel like, man, it's a conversation to really sit down and see how in the world Des can marry, right, this desire that God has given him, right? You delight in yourself in the Lord. He's giving you the desires you are. You want to turn the corner. You want to make this pivot, right? You want to figure out how you can marry the two. I think what it is is there's some, some um, religious leaders, right, that are comfortable enough to start pushing the envelope and to start changing the paradigm and to start allowing individuals like yourself to really flourish in your context, Right. Because at the end of the day, the gospel is only going to be spread if people are empowered. Right. And equipped to take the gospel in their context and be effective. Fam, like they was tripping on Jesus back in the day when he was with the sinners and the, and the wine bibbers and stuff. They was wondering why he was there. Right. He was at a, at a party uh, whipping up, whipping up um, Henny White for him. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And, and so and so and so he was there and he was in these contexts. People couldn't understand it. And I feel like individuals like yourself, man, who have been able to penetrate culture and really like be a mainstay in culture the way that you have. man, I feel like it's just a perfect setup. Like God will take an individual like you, use your personality, use the giftings that he's given you. And now all of a sudden you're using it in a totally different lane, but people don't even understand how. Bro, it's always an inside out job. I got an individual that works in radio, right? And, and, and he had an aha moment. The Lord gave him the desire of his heart. He wants to pivot and change now. He's wondering like, how can he? Like I'm in radio. Like, I'm playing these songs like all of the time. How in the world can I? Bro, the gospel starts from the inside out. All of the examples it gives about the leaven, right, starting out, and then it ends up expanding and taking over the whole lump of bread, right? The leaven never takes on the characteristic of what it penetrated. What it penetrated takes on the characteristic of it. And so by you being engulfed, immersed in culture, I feel like the worst thing you could do is to try to change who you are and be somebody different. At that point, you would be being fake and you wouldn't be who God made you to be. That's the worst thing you could do. The best thing you could do is continue to be who you are. God has changed your heart. He's changed your perspective. And you know what? The Holy Spirit, fam, is going to start ministering to you and letting you know how you can actually be effective in your space. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at it from a religious set of standpoints, like, well, what should I do? Should I do X, Y and Z? Bro, the Holy Spirit is moving and he's giving people all types of different ideas. Right. That we never even thought was possible in order to, to do what he wants to do, which is to get people in a relationship with the Lord. So I feel like for me to tell you, like, well, there's I got a I got a stringent list for you. Right. You're gonna do A, B, C, and D, man, yeah. and you're gonna be six. You're gonna be a a, a gospel professional, yeah. right? <laughs> right? That's where we go wrong at. Right. There's no professional Christians. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. We've went we we've 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 veered far far left, man. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that's in me. Is the same Holy Spirit that's in you, right? You got to rely on that. And you got to make sure that you stay connected with people that's going to that's going to give you the tools necessary for you to be effective, not people that are that are um, insecure. 
but people that are secure in who they are and that are that are that are secure to be able to release you, bro, to the masses so that you can be theirs. Yeah. Nobody else theirs. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great way for us to transition into um a conversation that we had and another reason why we wanted to come in and do this check-in is um, you know, you you gave me a phone call and you was like, man, Dez, man, like, I feel like I've been going, you know, going about this all wrong. I've been going about church all wrong, man. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way on how we can get the millennial into into church. You know what I mean? And and what you were saying by that is like not ne- necessarily just coming to the building. Like, we got to figure out a way to get the gospel to them outside of the traditional confines that they're that they're you know um, used to. And, um, and so you kind of was like asking me questions like, yo, man, like, like, why do millennials like why they don't go to church? You know what? Like, what's the you know, what are we missing? You know, why why do they feel like so disengaged with church? And um, so, I, you know, I can't speak for all, but um, I know like myself personally, you know, like I, I'm not um, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. You know, I'm not a person that goes to church every Sunday. Um, but like I, you know, like I explained to you, Pastor Jules, is that, you know, um, every time I try to get into it, like, you know, a lot of the different churches that I went to, you know, you, you know, you go into the building, they already looking at you crazy. They kind of like, you know, they kind of, you know, it's kind of like this energy in there. Like, like, what are you doing here? You know? And then, um, like I said, a, a lot of pastors, you know, when they're preaching, um, sometimes they're not able to connect to a person like myself that, you know, we don't, we don't know the Bible from front to back, you know what I mean? So we're not able to just really break down these scriptures, you know, word by word, you know, how they're translated in the Bible. You feel me? So a lot of times I would feel like, yo, I'm in church and I'm just like, I'm just sitting here. You know what I mean? I'm just passing time because it's not, I'm not really understanding what's going on. The word's not really hitting me. I'm not really feeling the energy. I don't feel connected to anybody in oh, here. Yeah. So, like, why am I in this place? You know, like, I, you know, and, and, and so it's easy for, you know, a person like myself to be like, yo, I'm not really going to go back. You feel me? Um, and, and another thing, too, um, me personally, I feel like in today's society, like, we live in a, we live in a what have you done for me lately society, right? So, you know, if you try to preach the word, it's more of a, like, if it ain't on the ground, it ain't happen, right? So it's like, show me. Like, all right, I, you read the scripture to me. Show me where this, like, give me give me actual proof on where this happened. Show me, show me, point to me a person that I know that I can look at down the street that, you know, this scripture hit them and it, and it was able to, you know, it was able to flip the switch for them. You feel me? And so, so you got a lot of people that's like, you know, all this is man-made, you know, the word, you know, like someone just wrote these words, you, you, you know, it's, it's like there's all these uh, different type of analogies that's going to like kind of like that tries to like dispel the word, really. For you sure. know what I mean? Because it's just like you can't show me proof. Who are you to tell me this? You know, um, if, you know, if, if God loved me, then why why is my mom hit with cancer? Why did I just lose two of my friends yesterday? Like, you feel me like yeah. there, there, you know there's a lot of those different type of scenarios that a person's going to be like yo I ain't really trying to hear what you're saying right now because you know all that is cool but life is real on my side right yeah. you know what I mean like I'm living real life and nothing, nothing in this book can change you know what I got to go home to you know when I get done talking to you yeah. so so me personally I feel like those are some of like the major things in today's society especially with the millennials that Church ain't hitting them because, like you said earlier, right? Like when you was young, 
you know, we we live in a we live in a everything is fast. I'm trying to get to the bag. Yeah. You know, I got it's a ten year old kid that plays Fortnite. He bringing home a hundred thousand a a year yeah. playing a video game. Yeah. You feel me? My man down the street, he's seventeen. He pushing a Ferrari. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I went to school with this kid. You know what I mean? So all this stuff you're trying to tell me, I ain't trying to hear it right now. I'm trying to get to this money. You feel yeah. I me? Mean? Because the money is gonna bring me the fame, the glory. The women, you know what I mean? Like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna bring me the fast life. It's gonna bring the stuff that that I enjoy. So the word, unless the word can can show me how I'm gonna get to the bag, I ain't really trying to hear it. You feel yeah. me? So I feel like those are a lot of struggles that millennials deal with with the word that is just like I don't I don't see it helping me. Yeah. So, man, I think uh, when you was talking, one of the mm-hmm. things that, that I know like is real prevalent is uh, everybody wants to feel like that there's value. And whatever it is, you know, that they're involved in, mm-hmm. like, period. I don't care what it is. You want to know if there's some value there, right? Back in the day, fam, um, they 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 used to talk about eternal life, almost scarce and again say for right. real. And so, like, we saw value in it because I wasn't going to go to hell, right? Mm-hmm. And so now that paradigm has gotten shifted. Mm-hmm. And so now the validity of Scripture is being challenged, the authority of scripture is being challenged. Church is being challenged on so many fronts. And people want to receive value for, for what it is that they're involved in. And I feel like we've done not a good job of helping people see the value in a relationship with the Lord. So not like religion, but in a relationship with God. And I feel like we've not done the best of jobs of, of helping people see that value there. And... uh and because of that, you have a generation that are questioning everything that church does because they saw grandma, right, mm-hmm. who, you know, almost gave her left arm for the church. Mm-hmm. They saw mom who gave her left pinky for the church mm-hmm. and her life didn't change. Nothing was different about her life. And I feel like that's been part of the discrepancy is because it's like grandma's life didn't change. And it's because there's been a lot of over-promising and under-delivering in church. Mm. We told people that if you just give 10%, then your finances was going to change. But we wasn't concerned with what they were going to do with that remaining 90%. And so we had a bunch of people that was giving 10%, right, and eating the rest of their seed. Mm -hmm. And so then they weren't able to really flourish financially, but the pastor was pulling up, you know, in a in a Mercedes Benz or a Cadillac and I, Escalade. And that's another thing. Is this? Like, you know what I mean? You know, they, you know, people. You know, millennials feel like the the church is a is a money pit. Like, yeah. All right, I'm giving all this money to you. You know what I mean? Stuff ain't changing better on on, on my end, but yeah. You know, you got a new house and pile down. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, we, like, we, we've over spiritualized mm-hmm. it. We've over spiritualized it, and we made it almost seem like church is a magic pill mm-hmm. that you take. And as soon as you take this pill or drink this Kool-Aid, everything is going to be okay. Right. And that's what I mean by over-promising. We, we've not helped people understand, like, bro, a relationship with God is so much more than your, than your total circumstances changing. And so, but we've told people that all of your circumstances is going to change. All you got to do is accept Jesus. Bro, you accept Jesus today. If you bad with money today and you're not going to make better decisions, I don't care if you got Jesus in your life or not. You're going to be bad with money tomorrow. 
If you're cheating on your wife today and you accept Jesus and you're not making a conscious effort and decision to change to change some things, you're going to be cheating on your wife tomorrow. And so we've we've over spiritualized it and made it feel like it's a it's a magic pill. And it's not a magic pill like the relate. The responsibility still relies on the individual fam to make like good decisions. But it's, it's, it's this relationship with God, I feel like, that enables you and, and equips you to make better decisions. But at the end of the day, it's going to be your decision as far as what you're going to make. And people aren't being told that. Yeah, it's still, still accountability on your end. Okay, you know, you got, you, you got to yeah. go both ways. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is PH, City of David Church. How's everybody doing out there? Um, I always come from the perspective of this. Everything's growing, right? Everything's growing. Technology is the leading forefront of everything that we do in today in society, right? The only thing that's not growing is really human behavior. And so we use technology, we use a lot of things to do what? Dumb us down, make us less sociable, so on and so forth. I'm not saying that technology is bad, but I think that when you're approaching the millennial generation, you have to understand that you have to be as thorough as the technology that you use. Why? Because if I'm preaching a message, they can look online to see if I'm preaching false or true immediately. And so that means that when I go into my study, I have to be thorough, meaning I grew up in a generation where the most fast, most advanced technology that we actually have is the spirit. But if you can't convey that to that generation, then no, they don't want to hear it. But if you can convey it, then you're going to bring transformation and change. Why? Because when it comes to the spirit realm, everything is moving forward. We're talking about forward, right? We don't dwell in the past. We only can dwell in the present. You know, another reason why we're here today and, um, you know, uh, promote, you know, uh, what you got coming up. Um, so one of the things that um, the phone the phone conversation that we had, that um, it was crazy uh, because you had called me, right? It was like, it was like pouring down raining that day too. You had called me, man. You was like, man, you know, the spirit led me to, you know, make this call to you, man. But um, you know, I I wanted, you know, I, I kind of feel like I've been going about going about this thing wrong, you know, on how I kind of been um, uh, you know, looking at church, and I kind of want to like push the needle and, and kind of um, change it, sort of say, you know, change how how the millennials and how people receive it, and um, basically you were saying that you don't want to stay within the confines of the building mm-hmm. that you want to, um, what I like to say is have church on the move. You mm-hmm. feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's um, let's just dive deeper into that, and, and I'll let you kind of explain. You know, um, you know what you meant by that. So I mean, I think you know, honestly, bro, like, cause that's the reason why our name is I Am Church um, is because there's so much that's being communicated. Um, when someone asks anyone who attends our church, what church you go to, they say, I am church. It's a lot of it's a lot of dialogue happening, even though only a few words were spoken. And so, you know, some of the dialogue that's happening is is there's there's reiteration happening on both ends. Um, the person who's saying it, they're reiterating that, you know, the church is more than a building. Um, and then the person who's hearing it is getting reiterated to them that church is more than a building. Um, other communication that's happening is is the person who's saying it realizes that they have a more responsibility to be who they say they are when they leave the building where they meet at, right? So we meet at a building, and we've gotten it all twisted. We call buildings church. That ain't church. Church is people, right? If a person is a member of the Senate, 
right? And the Senate has a meeting. If he's leaving, he says, hey, honey. He doesn't say, hey, honey, I'm going to the Senate. He said, no, honey, we have a meeting because he's a member of the Senate. But what we've done is now we say, hey, I'm going to church, right? It's a messed up paradigm. And we got to understand that without people, there's no such thing as church. It doesn't exist, right? It takes people to make church. And so with the whole incarnational piece, becoming, going to, just really rethinking how we can penetrate culture and not saying do away with having church on Sunday morning. I feel like it's good. The scripture says don't uh, forsake the assembling of the brethren as some men do, right? So we're not trying to forsake the assembling of the brethren, but what we're trying to do is present real life organic opportunities and different expressions of church that's going to literally meet people where exactly they are the same way that Christ did, right? That's what he did. He came and he met people where they are. And I feel like, you know, with with you know with what you coined church on the move is just giving us these opportunities, man, to really show people that church is way deeper and a relationship with God is way deeper than coming to a building, hearing a man tell you to turn to the book of First Corinthians, right? And 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 saying some things that you do not understand. Uh, the scriptures are clear. God asked the question, how can two walk together except they agree? Like he's a relational God. Like he wants these relationships, right? And so we got to break those barriers down and I feel like the only way that you can break barriers down where there's been discrepancy is to first off admit where you went wrong and I feel like that's one of the things that we got to do like if me and you have a beef right and I was wrong the worst thing I could do is approach the situation and start telling you where you went wrong I need to first approach this situation and let you know where I went wrong. And I feel like that's the approach when it comes to, you know, building these relationships with people, letting them know where we went wrong, right? Yes, we're full of power. Yes, the Holy Spirit is real. Yes, he wants to transform. Yes, he wants to renew. Yes, he wants to restore. Yes, he wants to release. But first off, you got to let people know, you know, where you went wrong because that's the first thing that they're going to go to. I was watching Breakfast Club one day. And I was watching T.I., he was on there, and, um, you know, he was. they were talking about Donald Trump and, you know, all of that whole, um, and they was asking him, well, what would he do if he ever met Donald Trump? He said, I would address him, hey, Mr. Trump, and he said, then the very next thing I would say is, but well, what's up with that one thing? Because in his mind, he wanted to know what's up with what you've been doing that's wrong before we can move any further. And I feel like that this generation, they want to they know what's up with where y'all led us wrong at before we can go any further. I don't want to go no further. I want to talk about why my grandma's life ain't changed and y'all told her life was going to change. I want to talk about why my auntie was in church her whole life and, and she developed cancer and she died. And y'all was running around saying that by his stripes we was healed. I want to know why the pastor was taking all of the money and he slept with my little cousin. Like, I want to know that stuff. What's up with the one thing? And I feel like this generation has that attitude. And until we can address that stuff first, we ain't never going to go nowhere with them because they don't want to hear nothing we got to say. And so we got to come to the table admitting wrong on behalf of the whole body of Christ so that we can develop trust. And so church on the move is just an opportunity. It's almost like a gesture Right. That's really supposed to be a lifestyle, letting them know, like, man, I'm here. I want to have a relationship. I don't care about none of that other stuff. Can we build? 
And then once the trust is built, then you have the opportunity to begin to pour in and to make disciples and to pull them along and to take them under the wing and to help them understand a relationship with the Lord and the things of God. And right. It's, it's, it's that, though. So like the whole premise is just rethinking church, rethinking it, being 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 confident in doing something different in order to change the culture, because at the end of the day, we got a generation of people that's hurting and 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 they need help and deliverance. And it's up to us as the church to figure out what's the best way to go about it. It's not up to them. Fish don't tell you what kind of bait they need in order for you to catch them. They're not going to be like, well, look, we ain't hitting on the rooster tails today, man. You got to come with them night crawlers. Mm. They ain't telling us that. Right. You feel me? And so we can't expect for them to tell us that. But God has given us wisdom. If we could tap into us for knowledge the way that Adam did. Right. He tapped into the foreknowledge of God when he named the animals. Hmm. It's, the Bible said whatever Adam named them, that was their name. In other words, God already had the name. Adam was coming into agreement with what God had already decided. That was what gave Adam validity because God was like, yep, he got it. And so this is what God is waiting on us to do was to, to come into agreement with what he's already decided and come up with debate. We're creative. He gave us the ability to be creative. It's up to us to come up with debate. Mm. It ain't up to them to tell us, you know, and we have these conversations with millennials and we try to get them to help us understand, but we're supposed to gather and collect this information and come up with a divine strategy in order to get them to understand the importance of this relationship with the Lord. Right. Yeah, man, it, and it's funny when you uh, when you made that call to me uh, because, like I told you, um, actually the week before, um, you know, I was— you know, I was on I was on Instagram and I was getting ready to put out a story on my on my Instagram saying, you know, like it's easy for me to get y'all to come out and come hang out with me or go to the club or whatever, man. But you know, um, I was really I was I was going to put out a message to basically say, you know, I wanted them to come join me at I Am Church. You feel me? And for whatever, you know, I thought of a thousand reasons on why I didn't do it. Like, oh man, I don't want to come off like this. I don't want to come off like that. And I didn't put out, you know, I didn't I didn't put out the video. And so, like, for you to call me. The next week, and then we had this long conversation, what was supposed to be a five-minute conversation. We ended up talking for an hour, like over an hour, and I was literally in front of my house, and Wink hit me up, like, where you at? And I'm like, I'm outside. She's like, no, you I'm like, no, I'm sitting in the car right now talking to Pastor Jules. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, like I said, and it, it kind of, you know, it, it grew into, you know, what we'll be, um, what we're talking about right now. And, and, you know, we both have this marriage that we want to put together, you know, like, you know, I want to, you know, bring the millennials and, and bring the people that, you know, we're not in church every Sunday. And we we have our, um, you know, those that might have their doubts. You know, I, I don't I don't really have no doubts, but just, you know, you do an amazing job of making the word make sense to me. And you're able to bring it back and make it um, and make it relatable for present day. Right. So whatever's going on in pop culture, what may have you, you're able to break that down, bring the word to it. But we just have an organic conversation and it just naturally comes out. It's never like a, all right, I'm going to tell you this scripture. Like we just be talking and he's like, and you'd be like, you know what, Dad? that remind me of, um, like when we was at your house, we was talking and we had the conversation. Um, I forget what we was talking about. And, uh, he was like, man, you know what, Des? You 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 uh you sound like Moses right now. Uh, and, and then uh, we was having another conversation. He was like, man, you know what? That remind me of um, of old girl. You know, um, she was an adulterer, 
And, you know, the people in the village, you know, they brought her, brought her to Jesus and was saying, you know, she's a daughter. The word said she has to get stoned. And Jesus looked at him and was like, all right. And then he just started writing in the sand. He started writing down all the sins that they made. Like, okay, well, you did this and he did that. So if that's the case, then all y'all, you know, and it's just like you be able to, you know, it's crazy how, you know, you, you know, you do those type of things. And it's just like it keeps me wanting to come back, you know, it keeps me, you know, it keeps me like, all right, let's, let's continue to have these conversations. Like, you know, I want to learn more. I want to, you know, I want to even, even when I go to the Bible studies, it's like, you're able to break it down. You're able to make the word make sense to a person, even if they're not heavy into the word or that, you know, like I said, they can't read the Bible front and back. Yeah. So with all that being said, what I know me and you have, um, um, what's the word I want to use? We have a like a media platform that we're trying to put together where we're where, where we're basically, you know, we want to bring, um, you know, the millennials or those that don't really go to church, and we bring the churchgoers. We all put them in one room, and we have, and we're able to speak for both sets of people, yeah, and 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 make this marriage, yeah, happen organically. You know, yeah. you know, we're not, and like you said, we, we're not trying to have a. Are we about to convert you? You know, we about to, you know, we about to just, you know, you're gonna come in, you're gonna change and be, a, you know, be a new person overnight. That's not, that's not what we're trying to do. But right. in order for, in order for us to, to lead this fight, it has to happen like what we're having right now. Yeah. It has to happen. We have to have the relationship because that's how me and you began the relationship. It started off as a relationship before before we even got into the word. Like we would, you know, we was working out in the mornings. We was just doing like normal stuff. Yeah. And, and but every but even throughout the process of uh, of us, you know, hanging together or having conversations, like you always left me with the word, but it was never intentional, right? It was yeah. never like I never felt like, oh man, he was trying to reel me in so he can do this. You know what I mean? It was just like we'll just be talking and it'll just naturally come out, and I'll take the seed. And even when I come see you, you know, uh, preach at the church, it's like. And that, and that's why I kind of wanted, you know, wanted to put out that message to have people to come to I am church and come see you preach because, like I said, you do an amazing job of it, uh, of making the word make sense it, even man. to, uh, you know, the common man that it, that is not so familiar with. You yeah. feel me? So, um, what what you got coming up, Pastor Jules? Man, it's it's I wanna I wanna marry I wanna penetrate culture, but I wanna I wanna I wanna marry it mm-hmm. right. And uh, so we got a discussion that's coming up on July thirtieth. Um, and and really, man, it's just an intimate space that we're trying to create in order to allow um, Generation Z and and millennials and people who are in church to have really open dialogue, right, and to be able to ask real honest questions, right, because just as well as millennials and Generation Z, they have questions for church. Like people that are in church have questions for them. Absolutely. Too, right? I, it, I goes, it. it goes both ways, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like really like breaking down that wall and, and creating a safe space where we can have a trusted conversation um, to, to really like build some rapport, I feel like that's where it has to start. Like the conversation has to be opened, you know, with everybody on an equal playing field. Because I think what happens is a lot of times from a church perspective, like we could develop the attitude that because we've been reading the scriptures for a little while and we've been in our prayer closet for a minute that we got all of the answers, you know what I mean, for, for people. And the reality is, is, man, they got some questions. Like, I get asked questions at Bible study, man, multiple times where I tell them, I have no idea <laughs> what you just asked me. You know what I mean? Can I get back with you on that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we don't be knowing all the time. And so that trust is the very first thing when they talk about relationship. You got to have some trust. 
or if the relationship really not going to be effective. And I feel like if we could create that space and to where this trust can be had, now what happens is, is they're more willing to hear, you know, the perspective of somebody that's, that's providing scripture, you know, in a biblical reference. I, I trust you. But if I don't trust you, you can be spitting 100% truth. I don't care what you're saying. I don't, I'm not trying to hear none of that. You know, but if I trust you, then you got a better opportunity. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's one of the things that we got coming up is uh, July 30th. It's called the discussion. The, the, the uh, location is to be determined still. We're just trying to figure it out. Um, and then um, we want to do what's called uh, an I Am Social. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just really create an opportunity to to um, for people to come and just build relationships, right? Um, we're a young church, man, and we started in September. The three things that we can do, our mission is helping people get connected to God. It's simple, right? And the three things that we can do to do that is we have Sunday service, we have Bible study. We can build relationships, and we can do outreach. That's where our focus is right now is those three things. Those are the three things we can do to help people get connected to God. And so the relationship piece is number two. And so we want to have these I am socials really to build these relationships, right? To, 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 to cut out, you know, the preconceived notions and the misconceptions and right and create this space where, man, we can just build. I'm not trying to get you converted or nothing. I just want to know who you are, what you do for a living, what's good. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like you, right? I, I'm, I understand your struggles and so like that's where it's at and then once that happens these relationships take place now they're more willing to 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 find out and then it's just like really like man being being wise as a serpent bro but as harmless as a dove and really going about this thing man in in a strategic way because i'm telling you satan is crafty the scripture says he's more subtle than any beast of the field like he's so so crafty and so he's been able to maneuver in and, and wedge his way in and become a mainstay in the lives of people. And so just like he's crafty and he operates with crazy wisdom and strategy, bro, I don't care how much wisdom and strategy he operate with, he not operate with more wisdom and strategy than the Holy Spirit. And we've been equipped with the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to develop relationships and really give people, man, what they need not what they think they want, but give people what they need. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right, Pastor Julius, before we get out of here, um, I need you to plug your, your social medias, the church, all that stuff again, man, where they can find you at. So you can find us on IG, I am church 614. You can find us on uh, Facebook, I am church 614. Our website is I am church.info. Um, and and those are the three main mediums that you can find us at. Um, my IG is um, I am Julius Lancaster, and um, and so man, we just excited, you know, about about being able to to connect. So go to our website, man. Plan your visit, right? There's a plan your visit, um, you know, page on there. You can plan your visit. We'll have somebody there, man, willing to just to just help you feel comfortable. You know, we're coming in and, you know, sharing a worship experience with us. Um, we believe that that everybody is entitled to a dynamic worship experience, right? God operates with excellence, and I don't feel like we should operate any different. So, and we would love to have y'all if, if y'all will be so kind to come and grace us with your presence. Man, the presence of the Lord is real. The Holy Spirit is real, and he's looking to transform whomever he comes into contact with. Yeah, we have it. 
Um, thank you, everybody. Um, my name is PH. We are at the City of David Church. You can find all our information on our Facebook page. Um, that's the City of David Church. Thank you. Yeah, man. So, um, Pastor Jules, I, I feel like after this, we probably gonna have to have a part two. I, I, I think we're gonna get a crazy uh, response. Um, PH, thank you very much for coming thank through. And you know, you definitely, you definitely was able to to take the conversation to another level and I enjoyed that man and um you know th- this was my goal with this with this particular podcast man um you know like I stated earlier you know uh I definitely feel like you know there's a greater purpose um and, and like I said I'm not you know here like saying tomorrow I'm about to turn into a pastor or anything but uh, <laughs> you know but but nah you know I um you know yeah, he, he, he ain't done working with me yet, but but no, man, I, I you know I, I always Kanye wanted to. Um, <laughs> Kanye spirit yeah. on you, <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, man, you know I um you know I, I understand to an extent, you know the the influence and, and power that I have, and it's it's kind of wild to me because I you know um you know I know you know Blaze know you know I, I don't there's no uh, I don't come into it like yo. I'm gonna do X, Y, Z, and all this is gonna happen. Like a lot of stuff that I do, 99% of it is or is organic. Is heck. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't even understand it. I don't know why. You know, I'm a regular person. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't. You know, for some reason, people listen and people follow. And and, and um, you know, I, I'm definitely afraid. I, I think that's one of the main reasons why I run away from you so much, Pastor Jules, man, because it's just like. I don't want to abuse the gift, right? Mm-hmm. You, you feel what I'm saying? I don't want to use the gift and, and I'm leading people astray or or I'm leading people down a path of destruction or, you know what I mean? Or, you know, because there's a lot of people that do that. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're able to be conniving and be in it, you know, and they, and they use that. And I never want to be that person. You know what I mean? So um, I definitely, you know, always try to, you know, um, use the gift that I was given and, and use it for good. You feel me? So. Um, so like I said, man, we could be here all day, man. We definitely gonna probably have a part two. Blaze, appreciate it. Blaze. Um, yes, Pastor Null in the back. He's <laughs> 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 shaking it. I seen him. He an espresso or something. He ready? He passing out back there, man. But now nah, this was a great show, man. I hope y'all enjoy it, man. Please hit me back with uh, comments, uh, feedback, and uh, we, you, you know we, we definitely gonna have you know me and Pastor Jules is definitely gonna have some more stuff in store, man. So appreciate it, man. What we talking about? The check in. We out. <laughs>